Welcome to the Savvy Podcasting for Entrepreneurs podcast, a place for podcasters to learn what's actually working in marketing and how to use their podcast to generate leads in their business. I'm your host, Jenny, and I'm so excited that you're here. Hey, Savvies. Welcome back to another episode of Savvy Podcasting for Entrepreneurs. Today, I'm chatting with Michelle Glovovec. Michelle is a podcast producer, pitcher, and host who launched her business after 18 years in corporate aviation. Michelle works with entrepreneurs and business owners to grow their businesses and audiences while ensuring their message reaches the masses. She found her love of podcasting after discovering a podcast that helped give her direction on what career move she should make and what it truly meant to find your purpose. Michelle's passion is to encourage others to pursue their dreams and create their own future. Michelle is a wife, mom of two, stepmom of two, and a fur mom. She has a BA in MS in law and is truly a multi-passionate entrepreneur. She resides in the Bay Area and will be the first to tell you about her love for wine. So I'm super excited to have Michelle here to chat today all about using Pinterest as a podcaster. So let's dive right in. Hi, Michelle. Welcome to the show. I'm super excited you're here and I cannot wait to chat all about podcasting with you. So before we dive into the episode, tell us a little bit about yourself and your podcast and just how you got started doing it all. Hi, Jenny. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited to be here. Um, Like you said, my name is Michelle Glogovac, and I own My Simplified Life. I'm a podcast producer, pitcher, and host. Uh, The podcast is My Simplified Life, and I really got into it kind of as a fluke. I was 18 years in corporate aviation selling jet fuel to corporate flight departments and had a layoff and at that point said, what can I do? that allows me to stay at home and not have to spend money on a nanny, juggle travel schedules with my husband, who's also in aviation. And after about six months of listening to a podcast for the first time (laughs) uh, and just looking for what's my purpose and what am I good at and, you know, what lights me up, I discovered that it was actually in podcasting. So I started a business around it and then ended up launching my own podcast uh, in September of 2019. I love that. And I, and I, it's always cool to hear everyone's story, like where they started, how they got into podcasting. And then like, you know, in your case, actually helping people with their podcast. So it's always interesting to hear how you guys all got started doing your stuff. So, um, I know that you, talk about pitching and, you know, podcasting. And I know you also have done Pinterest services for people too. So I kind of wanted to put the two together and do talk about Pinterest in podcasting and how we can make that work as a way to get more people to our show. So, um, how can podcasters leverage Pinterest for their podcasts? Like what are some different things that they can do to make that work for them? Well, I'm a big believer in repurposing your podcast content. I think there's so many ways that you can do it. And once you get into a rhythm, Pinterest just needs to be part of it. Uh, Creating a graphic that's, you know, a pin size for every episode and just making it part of your routine of when you have the episode go live and your show notes are live that you just put up a pin as well. Personally, I do uh, a pin for the actual episode and then I do uh, graphics that have some of the quotes that I pull from it just so people can read about it because I think, you know, motivational quotes are really a big thing on Pinterest. And if you make them look pretty, then they're eye-catching as well. And it's just another way to get a different audience directed towards your podcast. Yeah, I agree with that because, you know, 
people aren't always searching on iTunes or Spotify looking for new shows. So even if they're like stumbling upon you on Pinterest and they didn't really intend to find a podcast, if they find that you, they really like your episodes, then they, you can get them to stick around for long term. Um, which a lot of people don't realize the power of Pinterest. It's so powerful. It's actually what I used to do prior to switching to podcast management. I did mostly Pinterest management and I just saw how the two worked well together. So, you know, now we offer that for people who have podcasts specifically um, as well. And it's just been able to work wonders for, you know, previous clients who didn't have a podcast and podcasters too. Yeah. And, you know, I like to tell my clients that I think Pinterest is going to eventually overtake Instagram the way Instagram's overtaken Facebook. I just think it's a growing platform that it used to be directed towards just DIY, you know, recipes and just women. But now there are men on Pinterest too. And you're finding a lot of entrepreneurial uh, types of courses and just information and blog posts. So to me, it's another ideal place that everybody should be. Yeah, I agree. And honestly, like, you know, like you said, it's not just for DIYs or moms anymore, like it used to be or recipes or whatever. There's just so many things on Pinterest that people can benefit from that they don't even know about. And it's one of those things that's kind of like a a hidden gem. And then once people discover it, they're like, wow, I can actually use this and, you know, grow my audience versus, you know, before they were just kind of relying on other social media platforms and getting stuck and, you know, not increasing their download numbers. So I think it's a great way to um, continue bringing in new people to your audience. So Yeah. And, and the, I'm sorry, the big people, you know, they're on it too. You look at Julie Solomon, Jenna Kutcher, they're all on Pinterest all the time. They're utilizing Tailwind and tribes and groups. I think I'm actually in a tribe with Jenna Kutcher. So obviously when you find those, you've hit the, the pot of gold. So <laughs> If they're doing it, we should be too. Right, right. Yeah. And I think, I think it's just something to keep in mind. And like, of course, if you don't have the bandwidth to add that right now, don't try to like, um, you know, stress yourself out and stay up extra hours every night, trying to get yourself set up on Pinterest. But if you do have the bandwidth to add that, it's definitely a good way to do that. So what are some of your top tips for using Pinterest specifically as a podcaster? Uh, to be consistent, just as you should be with your podcast in general. And I like to have just a template that's up in Canva for all of my podcast episodes to make it easy for me. It's also making it easy for your listeners and your followers to recognize your, your templates and your graphics. And then to use your keywords, just as you are with your show notes and your titles and you know having a call to action at the end of all of them. So at the end of every pin of mine, it'll say, for more from Michelle, you know, visit mysimplifiedlife.net. But making sure that you have those in there, giving them a a short description about what it is, and then always follow up with some hashtags because they are searchable. Yeah, those are, those are great tips. And I definitely recommend definitely staying consistent. That's one thing. Cause if, if you start getting traction on Pinterest and then you completely fall off the wagon, then you're gonna have to start all over again from scratch because your audience will kind of like start to fizzle out. And then you're like basically starting from the beginning. So definitely consistent having like really good graphics because that's what people are looking for. They, you know, they don't care if your picture is pretty because they're probably not going to click through. But if you have a graphic that's enticing and the topic is enticing, they're more likely to click through and then stick around and listen to your episode. So that's really important. 
Definitely. And I would also suggest that if you're doing your show notes on your website to make sure you get it verified. So those rich pins with the bold black titles show up and it's not just another pin that people scroll through and they can't tell what it is. Right. Yeah. Rich pins are super important and, you know, it helps you stand out on Pinterest versus just, you know, looking like another random personal account for sure. Um, so from my experience, I found that pins that look like podcast episodes don't seem to convert as well. Um, I also chatted with someone randomly about this, um, on a podcast episode that wasn't even had anything to do with Pinterest. She just said that was her biggest traffic source. So then I just asked her this question as well, but do you notice that same thing or is it just me and the other person that I asked a couple <laughs> days ago? Cause I feel like when I have those ones that say like episode 36 and then it has like the picture of me and the picture of the guests and then the title, um, those just, I mean, they convert, but not as well as if it looks more like a blog post type graphic. You know what? Mine look like blog type post graphics. Um, you'll only see the episode number in really small font at the bottom of my graphics. Uh, so otherwise, it does look like what a regular blog post graphic that I would create is. It does have a, a photo of either myself or the guest, and it has the episode title. Um, but it it doesn't necessarily scream out podcast anywhere. It doesn't say podcast. And like I said, the font on episode number is really tiny. So I do find that they're converting well. Um, maybe it, it is the whole word podcast that that is too bold out there. I don't know. I haven't heard that one. <laughs> yeah, it, it's kind of funny because I mean, whenever... I will do like ones that look more like my other regular blog posts. Those do a lot better. I think it's people just are scared <laughs> to sit down and tune into a podcast or they're like, eh, I don't know about this. Like I'm not a podcast person. And then like once they get there, they end up liking it. So that's fine with them, but like they're less likely to click through if they know that's what it is. And then if it's actually really good and they get there, then they're fine. But Or, or maybe they think that it's going to direct them to just simply the podcast versus right. having yeah. the RSS feed embedded in the show right. notes. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Maybe just that confusion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely just thought that was interesting. And it, it's funny that it wasn't me. I wasn't the only one experiencing that. I was like, oh, it's not just me and my clients. It's actually people who are, you know, doing Pinterest on their own for their podcast are not seeing as great conversions with the ones that, you know, are more podcast looking than others. So now let's dive into the questions about your podcast specifically. So why did you start your podcast? And I, you already answered how long you've been doing it, but what made you want to start your podcast? You know, working with other podcasters and knowing the ins and outs. I, I mean, I do everything besides the recording for the clients and I thought I can do this, you know, why, why do, don't I have a podcast if I'm doing everything already for everyone else? You know, it's like that, that saying of, if you don't go after your own dream, someone's going to hire you to build theirs for them. And I thought I should just do it, you know, why not? And I did join a podcast mastermind. One of my clients was putting one on and really just focused on the formatting of, you know, how do you get an outline together and, you know, your message and what's the takeaway and that sort of a thing. That was really the part that I needed to get a better grasp on uh, because I can do everything else that goes into a podcast. So that was how it really just came about. Um, I, I believe that podcasts, you know, to me, they're not money makers, but they're a way to connect with either your clients or your future clients because it allows them to get to know you before actually meeting you. So it's a great avenue, in my opinion, to just get your voice out there and 
it will in turn, you know, bring clients to you if, if it's a, if you have that sort of a podcast where you want to bring them in. But it's also just a great place and forum to get out whatever message you have. So for me, you know, being laid off after, you know, over a decade at one company and having all of this corporate experience and then launching my own business and being a mom, I felt like I've got something that someone needs to hear out there. And even if it's just one person that it helps, then that's worth it to me. That's worth the effort and the time and the money to do this. So that's really why I started doing my own podcast. Yeah, I love that. And I think podcasts serve as such a good way to, like you said, get to know your audience. They get to know you better and they feel more comfortable working with you because they're basically having like a one-way conversation with you before they even reach out to you if that's how they found you. So it's a good way, especially as someone who does podcasting um, services for people, then they're like, okay, that makes sense. She she does podcasting services. She has a podcast. This girl knows what she's talking about, right? <laughs> yeah. It just so. puts a little bit more pressure on you to make sure that the content you put out and the sound and everything is, you know, on par for the services that you provide. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's always no pressure. None. No, no, none at all. But I I think it's, it's just like a great way to get to know your audience. And to me, I always prefer it over writing. I mean, I still do show notes obviously, because I know it's good for SEO and all those other things. But, um, I think it's just a great way to get in front of your audience and it's a lot more casual, um, than, you know, most of the time a blog post would be, or even video. And I just, it feels so much more freeing to me than, you know, trying to sit down and record a, video because that just feels really stressful. And, and, you know, you don't have to worry about how you look. You can do it in your PJs if you want. So it's just a nice like I am right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So what is your current podcast format? Do you do solo interview, a mix of the two? And then how often are you putting out your new episodes? I do a mix, but right now it's more solo than it is interviews. Um, I'm going to, I want to do like one interview a month or so. Uh, obviously interviews are easier because you're not really focusing on the content, the outline, you know, you're still coming up with questions for your uh, guest, but I like the solo episodes and what I can provide to my audience. Uh, I'm doing it once a week and the solo episodes are usually between 10 and 20 minutes. So it's a good chunk for me to just be able to get out what I want to get out. And I also like that someone who's in a hurry can listen to it and they're not stuck, you know, for an hour or so at a time. It's, it feels like a good amount of time to me. Right. Yeah. It's like enough for people to get those nuggets of wisdom, but then they're not like waiting, you know, like if they have a quick trip, then they can listen versus like, you know, those podcasts that you can only listen to when you have a commute because they're an hour long and then, you know, you don't want to stop in the middle or something. So I guess exactly. important. And then also, you know, having a mix of the two, I always like to do, cause I like to give my own um, input with the solos and then also do guest interviews like this one. But, um, you know, the interviews are obviously a lot, lot less pressure, a lot less, um, you don't have to come up with like content other than the questions you're right. So, um, it's just, it's good. I think it's good to have a mix because, you know, you're able to share your expertise on your own and then, you know, chat with guests and you can still share your expertise when you're chatting with guests as well. Um, you know, by inserting your own point of view in places as well. So yeah. Definitely. So what do you find is working best in your podcast right now? This can be, you know, anything from your process to, um, you know, the people that you're interviewing to your lead generation, all that stuff. I think 
one of the big things would be content batching, just sitting down and, you know, getting three or four episodes done in one sitting is the most beneficial for me. You know, I, I dread when it's Tuesday or Wednesday and I'm going, oh no, I need to write an outline and record and, you know, get it done before next Tuesday when it goes live. So just being able to have that all done and ready. Um, I'm also a huge fan of Trello. I utilize that for myself and all of my clients. Uh, you know, it's it's throwing up there the ideas of episodes and then being able to just track it from it's been recorded to all of the marketing assets have been done to now it's live, you know, it's done and we don't have to think about that one, but that's my favorite organizational tool that I use for a ton of things now, just not just podcasting, but even pitching, I, I use it for. So I, I think that's one of my favorite tools to do. And it helps the process, especially if you have a team that everyone knows what they're doing and can follow along. And, you know, it, it just makes it much easier. Right. I agree. I think having a process is so important um, because there's so many moving parts that you wouldn't even think about with podcasting. It's not just like you hit record and then you upload it and then you're good. Like there's so many other things that goes into it. So it's important to have that process down. And then obviously I'm a huge proponent of batching. I talk about it all the time on the show. Um, and I think it's just so helpful because you can get so many episodes done in just one sitting and then you're good for weeks or months. In my case, I'm good for like three months, you know? So yeah, it's really so nice you have to, to write have the show that. notes too and the graphics and <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's a lot of work. I don't think that everyone really understands how much work goes into a podcast. You know, if you're doing it really the right way, not that there's a wrong and a right way, but if you're fully invested in it and you know, you're recording and you're doing all the graphics and you're doing show notes and you're making sure that it goes on all of these different platforms and different channels, then it, it becomes a full-time job in some cases. Right, right. And a lot of people, that's why people either end up hiring it out to someone like us or they end up um, completely just stopping because <laughs> it's just too yes. much. Yeah. Um, and it's a, it's a lot. And if you don't have your processes down, um, you're going to miss some steps and that's just not going to work. And you're going to end up getting frustrated or you're going to be like, oh crap, I don't have an episode for next Tuesday or whatever. So it's just really important to have all your systems and processes down because you need to be really organized to have a podcast and do it full out, not just kind of half-assing everything. Yes, I, I totally agree. I actually just wrote down uh, the whole podcast processing and, and repurposing for one of my clients. And it was down to, we could bring anyone off the street and they could come sit down and, and fit in. It wouldn't be you know an issue because we wrote it so clearly. And I think that's so important um, that even if you're doing a, a podcast solo by yourself now to have these processes in place so that when you do decide, oh, I need to hire someone to do my show notes or whatever, that they can just swoop in and look at your directions and your process and do it. Otherwise, you have to train them and sit down with them and it becomes a bigger headache than just doing it yourself. Right. Yeah. And like things like Loom and being able to record videos is so helpful too, because that's what I do too. I'll create like a, a SOP for each step and then I'll have a video that's attached to it as well. So they know, they see me going through every single step. And it's not something I did at the beginning because I was just like going through the motions and didn't even think about it. But now that I'm about to hire people to assist, I'm at the point where I'm like, okay, I'm recording all these videos and making all these SOPs and all these things um, for people to follow. And I was like, man, I wish I would have done this so much sooner, but you know, at least it's being done now. <laughs> 
Yeah, note to self, always write a process for whatever you're doing from the get-go. <laughs> yeah, because if we, we know how to do it really well, but the person we're hiring may or may not know. Exactly. And you don't want to skip any steps just because you weren't thorough enough with them. So yeah. So what is a failure you've had uh, with your podcast, if any, or not even really a failure, just something that you wish you could have done better? And then what did you learn from that? I think it would have been that I skipped two weeks. <laughs> I um, overloaded on, I had client work to do and I put my client in front of my podcast. Um, so I skipped two weeks and I, I definitely saw that, you know, there was a decline in listeners. And as soon as I became more consistent again, and now I'm religious with putting an episode out every week, that's really, it's just taught me that I have to do it, you know, even if it's going to be late at night or early in the morning to get my stuff done. And it can be hard when you're a service provider like you and I, especially when we're working with clients who do the same thing that we're doing, you know, we're, we're getting paid to put theirs out. So to me, that that's taken precedent over me putting my own out. But I, I've learned that they need to be kind of on equal levels together and to work on my priorities to ensure that my listeners get the benefit of hearing from me as well. Totally. Yeah. I completely agree. And it's kind of like when I used to do social media, my social media stuff, like my social media would be like crickets, but my clients would be super active. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. I, I did have... some engagement on that part and I was engaging on clients. And by the time it got to mine, I'm like, I don't even want to look at my Instagram account. <laughs> Right. Right. Yeah. I feel like, uh, you know, now I haven't, I haven't gotten to a point where my podcast has taken a backseat and I hope to never have that be the case since I can batch and all that stuff. But yeah, it's, it's definitely, it was an issue with like social media when I did that uh, as my thing instead of podcasting. Um, so where, like when it comes to your listeners, where do you find like you're getting those people from? Are they coming from Pinterest? Are they coming from social media? Are they coming from your email list? Like where are those people coming from? I know like our host doesn't really tell us much. They're just like, Ooh, iTunes or Spotify. Yay. But, um, you know, do you know where those people are coming from before they get to the actual place where they're going to listen to your show? I think for me, a lot have been actually from Facebook and LinkedIn. And there's been a good majority of people that either I've known in the past, um, not necessarily strangers, but they're going, oh, you have a podcast. I'm going to tune in. And suddenly they become, you know, avid listeners and followers and whatnot. Uh, those have been big ones. I do get them from um, Pinterest, obviously, but, you know, Instagram's also another, another big one too. But Facebook and LinkedIn have been probably the, the biggest too. Yeah, that's interesting. And that's actually the first time I've heard someone say LinkedIn. Um, so that's always interesting to hear a new thing. Um, I don't personally use LinkedIn myself, which I think it could be beneficial for me now, but um, <laughs> I don't use that at this point. But yeah, I think that's really interesting to hear because like I said, not very many people have talked about LinkedIn um, bringing a lot of listens, but definitely an avenue to explore if that's kind of where your people are hanging out. It, it definitely is. And I, you know, even for, for your podcast, you're talking about podcasting. I mean, that LinkedIn is great. I see a lot of, you know, entrepreneurs and coaches, they're all hanging out there and a lot of them are starting podcasts and it just ties right on into it. So I, I think it's another great platform to, to be on. And unless you have some random, you know, political stuff or <laughs> that your podcast is about something totally different, it's definitely a platform I think people should be looking at. 
Yeah, that make, that makes total sense. Like obviously, like things like true crime probably won't won't do so hot <laughs> right. there. But yeah, like things that are business related for sure. Awesome. So, um, you know, once you have those people listening and they're like consistently listening to your show and stuff, how do you actually turn those people into clients and customers? Like, what are the things that you do to kind of make sure that those people are going from a lead to like actually working with you at some point? I've started offering freebies, whether it's a podcast launch checklist. Um, I'm working on a pitching checklist and just showing them that this is, you know, this is what I'm offering to you for free. So, you know, as Marie Forleo says, like if you give them something for free or maybe it was Amy Porterfield, like you give them such great information for free, then imagine the kind of information they're going to get from you by paying you. So it's worth it, you know, to put in that time and effort to give them these free things. Um, and it's, to me, it's really just giving them resources and saying, you know, this is what my expertise is in and I'm, I want to help you and I'll help you for free by giving you these kinds of resources to work from and going from there. Totally. I agree with that. I mean, I haven't, I do have like a couple of freebies that I have that I don't really even talk about, which I probably should. Um, it's just one of those things I'm just like, Oh, okay. I should probably do that, but I don't. Um, but I think it's really good because then you're building your list and then once they're on their li- your list, then they have a better way to communicate with you. You can have a back and forth conversation versus just chatting with them in their ear and you not being able to, to actually physically respond back and forth to what they have to say to you. So I definitely think that's really important. Um, so once those people are listening, they're, you know, they're loyal listeners, how do you keep them around coming back for more? Um, is there any steps that you take to just make sure that those people are going to stick around for the long haul and they don't just like listen to a few episodes and then peace out? You know, I try to give them not just a takeaway, but like a piece of homework. And I was last yesterday, like yesterday afternoon, I was actually talking to a former coworker of mine who started listening to the podcast and she wanted to chat on the phone because she said she loves the takeaways and the homework and that she actually sits down and I don't call it homework, (laughs) but she calls it homework. And she goes, I love that I can sit down. I think about what you said and whatever takeaway it is, it's 10 minutes that I'm going to take to actually sit down and write out, you know, what is it that I'm interested in doing and, and, and trying to find her ideal, you know, passion and purpose and what kind of a business she wants to launch. So, and she's even talking about launching a podcast because of listening to me and, and how it all works and stuff. So I think just by giving them not just the resources, but homework kind of takeaways of try this, let me know how it went, you know, come back for more, that that just keeps bringing them back, knowing that they're going to get something worthwhile out of it. Yeah, no, I think that's really smart and important to do because you want to make sure that, yeah, there's takeaways, but then they're also able to implement what they just learned. So I think that's really helpful. Um, so thanks for sharing that. And then lastly, um, as podcasters, we probably do listen to a handful of podcasts here and there. So, um, I just want to know what is your current favorite podcast or podcasts multiple? (laughs) Yeah, It's hard to listen to ones for fun outside of work. I don't know if you find that. Um, I've started making it a goal to work out and listen to podcasts as I go along. So, um, some of my favorites are whiskey and work with Kelsey Murphy. I do love Marie Forleo. I just love the way she talks and, you know, her, her practical takeaways too, but that Jersey girl, 
I read her book and I could actually hear her because of the podcast reading it to me. Uh, those would be my, my big two. I also love The Ops Authority with Nat Natalie Gingrich. She's got some awesome takeaways for you know business owners, um, OBMs, director of operations people. And, and it's just been really interesting and, and a great learning experience to listen to her podcast as well. Yeah, those are some great ones. Um, I actually hadn't heard of the first one, but the second two I have heard and listened to. And I agree, it is hard to listen, especially I don't do any editing for my clients. I have an editor that does all the editing for them. Same here. <laughs> but I still listen to them pre-sending them to her so that she doesn't have to spend extra time finding the error. So I'll usually pick out like, oh, at, you know, one minute and 30 seconds here, the dog, a dog barks or something. So she does, cause I don't want to like have her like, you know, I'd rather mm -hmm. the client pay me and then I can pay her less by having me uh, just tell her where all the edits are. Um, but yeah, so I do a lot of listening to my client stuff as well. Um, and yeah, it is harder to listen to podcasts when you're doing that. Cause then you're doing that. And I feel like I'm constantly listening to audio, but I still have a couple that I like to listen to as well. So yeah, I totally feel that. And then lastly, just tell us where we can find you. So your website, your social media channels, all that good stuff. And then of course your podcast. Yes. So my website is mysimplifiedlife.net and you can find me over on Instagram at Michelle Glogovac. We'll spell it in the show notes, I'm sure. Um, and my uh, podcast is My Simplified Life. So it all, it all kind of ties in together because I try to lead a simple life. I want to simplify yours and just make it easier and try to believe that, you know, everybody can do whatever they truly believe in. And it, it is that simple. Right. Yeah, for sure. I agree with that. So I will link everything in the show notes for you guys to go check out. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for being here today. I really enjoyed chatting with you. Thank you so much. It's been great. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You can find all the details for this episode by going to www.savvypodcastingforentrepreneurs.com slash episode 145. If you've yet to join the Savvy Podcasting for Entrepreneurs Facebook group, make sure to do so for daily prompts, updates on the podcast, and just a community filled with amazing people who are looking to launch and grow their podcast. So we'll see you in the Facebook group. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, make sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast player, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher, and leave a review. You can find us at SavvyPodcastingForEntrepreneurs.com and on Facebook and Instagram at SavvyPodcastingForEntrepreneurs. Make sure to join our free Facebook community for podcasters by going to SavvyPodcastingForEntrepreneurs.com slash community. See you in the next episode.